Welcome to Restored for Life with Pastor Ben Harris, the senior pastor at Restored Community Church, where God's perfect word restores imperfect people. Here's today's message from Pastor Ben. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. What a morning. Can you imagine breakfast on the sea served by the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and the Creator of all things, including the fish and bread that they were putting in their mouth? Can you imagine Jesus serving you like that? I bet you these guys never forgot that. Debbie and I have had the opportunity of eating the fish out of this lake, and, and uh, they're still fishing it 2,000 years later and cooking it on open fires. They, can, they know how to do it. It is so good. But I'm sure it's not like the tilapia a la King of Kings. When he prepared this fish, boy, I bet you it was amazing. Probably covered it in a wine sauce. I'm, I don't know, just throwing that out there. I can imagine what memories this would have evoked from Peter. Can you imagine him staring at what is going on here in front of him? He must have remembered the teacher telling him how to throw his net on the other side of the boat from two years ago and what had happened on that day too, the same thing. He must have thought of the feeding of the 5,000 when Jesus had prepared the exact meal for all those men, but so many more. A couple of days after they had, he, he had done this, fed the 5,000, when curious people abandoned Jesus and, and the Messiah had asked His disciples, do you also want to go away? It was Peter who said John, in John 6, 68, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. We don't want to go anywhere. There's no one else to follow but you. Perhaps as he sat on the beach, staring at the fire of coals, the young follower flashed back to another fire of coals in the courtyard of the high priest Caiaphas. That would have just taken place a couple of weeks earlier. That time when he denied even knowing Jesus three times before the rooster crowed. Luke 24, 1 Corinthians 15.5 reveal at this point in the story, Jesus had already met privately with Peter. No doubt to deal with those sins, those three times that He denied knowing Him. But sins committed in public must be dealt with in public. The disciples all knew of Peter's three betrayals, and now Jesus would restore Peter three times in the presence of the team. Sometimes angry people, when they're wrong, want to hold court in the eyes of the public. They want to publicly humiliate their offender in order to exact revenge, all in the name of justice. But that's not what we see here by the fire. The eleven disciples all knew of the sin, so Jesus would deal with it within that group of eleven And they would never forget that lesson on grace by the sea. 
Peter had sinned three times. Now Jesus, the author of forgiveness, would restore and recommission Peter three times. What had prepared him for this moment? Well, Peter loved Jesus. I find Jesus' words here fascinating. And this week, I believe I've come upon something I have never encountered before. Listen carefully. Verse 14. This is now the third time Jesus showed Himself to His disciples after He was raised from the dead. On Resurrection Sunday, that evening, He went, we're told, to the upper room where the disciples were, and He showed them His scars and His wounds. Only ten of them were there. Judas, of course, had gone out and hanged himself, so there was eleven. But on that evening, there's only ten because Thomas isn't there. He's not, no one knows where he's at. And then exactly one week later, on a Sunday night again, he comes back when Thomas is there. And he shows himself again to the disciples, especially Thomas. So this is the third time now he showed himself to his disciples. Verse 15, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you agape me more than these? Now that word agape is the highest form of love. It's sacrificial love. It's intense love. It's the love that you see for two friends where one gives the other a kidney so that they can live. It's, this, it's that kind of love where one person lays down their life so that the other can live. It's the deepest form of love. Jesus is asking Simon Peter, do you agape me more than these? Now that word these gets me. My entire life, I've imagined that Jesus asked Peter if he loved him more than these other disciples. That's always messed up my head. Because I know these disciples are competitive. They're argumentative. They want to be the greatest in the kingdom. Remember? They're, they're, they're arguing. They're following behind Jesus and they're going, well, I'm going to be the greatest. No, 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 no. I'm, you know, you're not going to be the greatest. I'm going to be the greatest. Jesus loves me more than you. I'm the disciple Jesus loves. Remember? Why would Jesus almost start an argument with these guys? Peter, do you love me more than these other ten? I don't think that's what Jesus was pointing at. I think when Jesus asks the question, it's not of these other ten. Allow me to interject a plausible idea here. John had told us that they had just caught an abundant number of fish. In fact, the fishermen made sure we knew that it was 153 in total. A large catch for just this tiny little boat they're in and the small crew they have. And they brought them on shore. But Scripture says Peter went and got the net and drug it, probably at the behest of the Savior who said, bring some of the fish. He probably just grabbed the net and brought it up. Peter had gone back to his past, the family business, the life Jesus had called him out of. He had called him into a new fishing business, which is to catch men and the souls of people. Scripture isn't 100% clear on this, but I now believe that when the sentence, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these was spoken, I don't think Jesus pointed at the disciples. 
I think he pointed down at the fish, the net full of fish. Peter, do you love me more than this fish? Do you love me more than your family business? Do you love me more than the passion you have in your life for these things? Do you love me more than that? Peter, you've, gone, you've jumped right back into fishing. I've been, you know, I left you guys on your own. What do you do? You don't go share the gospel. You go back on the, on the waters to fish. I called you out of that. Peter was an accomplished fisherman, likely from many generations back. But Jesus was asking him to leave his past behind as hard as that might have been in order to follow him. You see, what we love most will always capture our hearts. Let me say that again. What we love the most will always capture our hearts. It will always fascinate our minds and our dreams. It will always be our go-to desire. And Jesus is asking Peter if he loved him, if he had that deep love, the agape love. Do you, Peter, do you agape me enough to leave fishing behind? And will you follow me and fish for men now? Jesus was declaring, and wasn't declaring that fishing was a sin, obviously. He was just setting the young disciples' priorities into correct alignment. It's loving Jesus first, loving people second, and everything else takes a third or a back seat. Hmm. Peter responds. He said to Jesus, Yes, Lord, you, you know that I phileo you. Hmm, what does that mean? Well, if agape is the highest form of love, see, it's the phileo's the thing you know that we guys do. You women are much better at this. You can hug each other, you can kiss each other, you can say agape you and giggle. Guys are not going to do that. Guys go, hey, love you, love you, bro. Yeah, man, love you too. We don't really mean that in agape sense. It's a brotherly love. Peter responds with the brotherly love level. Jesus says, do you agape me? Do you, will you die for me? Do you, is your love intense for me? And Peter says, I like you. I like you a lot. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Now lambs are the juvenile version of sheep. Keep that in mind. Lambs are the juvenile version of sheep. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah. Jonah means John, so Simon's dad was named John. Simon, son of Jonah, do you agape me? Peter says to him, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. He said to him, tend my sheep, a.k.a. adult sheep. Verse 17, he said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you phileo me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you phileo me? Hmm. And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. You know that I phileo you. Peter was declaring that as God, Jesus knew his heart perfectly and, had known, and he had to know that Peter phileoed him. He loved him in a sense. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. 
Most assuredly, I say to you, Jesus speaking to Peter, when you were younger, you girded yourself and you walked wherever you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Jesus giving him the way he would die to be stretched out on a cross. While God does in fact call some men to pastor and shepherd His church, it's also true that every believer, every believer in this room is to help with the care and nurturing of the flock. And I can tell you, I'm so proud of how you guys do this at Restored Community Church. As a pastor, after every service, I stand down here and I invite people to come up. I'll pray with you. I'll answer questions about your questions about salvation. Um, whatever I can do to help you. But I, so I get to talk to a lot of people. And, and a lot of times they will come forward and I won't recognize them like last night. And the person will say, this is my first time here. And I'll say, hey, welcome. Welcome. I'm glad you came. How did you find us? And they'll tell me. And they'll say, you know what? This is the, the warmest church I've ever been to. Everyone's just so nice. One lady says, I've been greeted seven times before I sat down. And then the people sat with me so I didn't have to sit alone. <laughs> yes, that's the kind of church we have here. We're so full of love. And love is exactly what Jesus tells us we need to do. God so loved the world. He didn't just love the people that are lovable to us. No, He loved the world. And we're to love all of them and care about their eternity. And once they come into the kingdom, we're to love them to help them mature in their walk with the Lord. And, P- and Peter would become uh, the first pastor of the first century, first ever Christian church there in Jerusalem. And he would need to learn to love his flock. Notice that Jesus tells Peter to both feed my lambs, as I pointed out, as well as feed my sheep. Two different terminologies there. Both the new believer, the lamb, who just comes to Christ, who just comes into the kingdom, we need, we need to love on them and encourage them into the kingdom. We're to teach them things they don't know yet. Feed, And then he says, feed my sheep. So both the new believer and the seasoned saint need to be taught the Word of God throughout our lifetime on earth. The most learned follower of Christ will always have more capacity and need to soak in God's truth no matter how long they walk with God on this planet. Why do I teach verse by verse, people ask me sometimes. Because God's Word needs to be examined, it needs to be considered, it needs to be practiced and obeyed and preached to the new believer, the Lamb, and the expert level of believer if there is one, the sheep. And that includes your pastor. And it all begins and is sustained by God's love for us that flows into the lamb and the sheep. Number one, they were fishermen who needed to obey. Number two, they were shepherds who needed to love. And number three, they were disciples who needed to follow. Verse 19, this he spoke signifying by what death Peter would glorify God. We talked about that crucifixion. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. 
Peter, this is how your life is going to end. It will be similar to my death. You'll be crucified. But Peter, follow me. Must have been a sobering experience to learn of his own eventual martyrdom on a cross. Crucifixion. Peter seemed to take it well though. He had witnessed Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. And it appeared that he took it in stride. Perhaps he knew, yes, that's going to be pain. Well, boy, I wouldn't have picked that one. But Jesus, if that's how you want me to glorify our Father, then I will. Peter also knew what happened to Jesus after his death. He was resurrected. Peter had the hope beyond the grave now because of what Jesus had done. Listen, if Jesus calls you to it, He'll see you through it. Seems to be Peter's motto. And we would learn well to follow that as well. It's not until we are truly prepared to sacrifice our own needs, wants, and desires. Yes, our own very lives, or at least the life we thought we should have, that we are ready to serve God as He has called us. Are you ready to let go of everything and give it to God and say, God, wherever You call me, I'll go there. Whatever You want me to do, I'll do it. Whatever, whoever you want me to speak to, I'll speak to them. A few days ago, uh, actually we ended yesterday, Debbie and I moved to a, another home, a home that's better suited for a family uh, with three teenagers in it. And so um, we had these movers. This time I said, you know what? I'm old enough to know that I'm not 32 anymore. <laughs> I'm going to pay some of these young guys to carry the big stuff. And they came over. And they were a lot of fun. They were rascals. But I got to share Christ with them and my faith with them. And it was interesting to have some of the conversations we've had. But you have to be ready for those conversations. You have to be ready to share your faith. You have to lay everything else aside and learn to let God do what He wants to do in a situation. Jesus doesn't call us to health, wealth, prosperity the doctrines of demons that are being taught in so many churches. He doesn't call us into being wealthy. God wants you wealthy, really. Show me the verse. Wealthy in faith, wealthy in a relationship with Him, yes. But that is taken so far out of context. No, Jesus said, when you have troubles, when you have tribulations, you will have tribulations. But hey, I've, I've conquered them for you. When we lay our lives aside so that Jesus can take up our life, then we're living for Him. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a pastor, stood up to the Nazi regime and was executed just hours before Germany's surrender. They wanted to be sure they killed him before they surrendered. He wrote these words, and they have stayed with me my whole life. In fact, in one of my Bibles, I wrote it in the flyleaf. When Christ calls a man, He bids him come and die. Paul, knowing that he was about to be executed for preaching the Gospel, he refused to stop. They said, just stop saying that Jesus raised from the the dead. Stop saying that. Paul said, no, I cannot but declare that. I've witnessed Him. He wrote these words to the Galatian church who was being persecuted. Many of them were being taken out and murdered. They were all going through a very difficult time. 
But he wrote these words, kind of a a sobering encouragement, if you will. Galatians 2.20, Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave His life for me. Paul said, I've already, I'm already a dead man. The Romans can't do anything to me that hasn't already been done. I, I've been crucified with Christ already. I know where I'm going after this life. They, they may take my physical body, but Jesus has my eternal spirit. And He was okay with that. When you are truly ready to die for Christ, then and only then are you truly ready to live for Him. Verse 20, Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, following, who also had leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? This is John describing himself. Peter turned around. I think these guys you know, kind of were at odds a lot. Argued who's going to be the best. Who's going to be see who got to sit next to Jesus in the kingdom? I think these two guys were fellow competitors from two different fishing families. And he says, "That guy, John, Lord, who is the one who betray, who betrays you?" He asked that question. Remember, Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, "But Lord, what about this man? What about John?" Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Then this saying went out among the brethren that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die. But if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? Jesus never said John wouldn't die. This is the disciple who testifies or witnesses of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. John uses the word witness or testimony or testify 47 times in this book alone. And here John closes with a reminder that his testimony is an eyewitness testimony that can be... But why should we believe what, this, what John wrote down 2,000 years ago? Because he was an eyewitness to what had happened. And he wrote it down. And he wanted to make sure that all of us knew these weren't things he conjured up, but that he had seen with his own eyes and that he experienced when he, as he walked with Jesus. Verse 25, and there were also many other things that Jesus did. This, John's saying this is not, by far not an exhaustive list. My, this letter of John is not an exhaustive list. I just brought out the things the Holy Spirit wanted me to, to say. There are so many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. That's the end of the Gospel of John. John leaves off with Peter and himself walking on the beach behind Jesus. They're walking along the Sea of Galilee there as the book closes. And because they continued to follow Him, the book of Acts opens with both these young men serving and trusting Jesus in a hostile world. Jesus is the same today and forever, and He's still looking for faithful men and women who will obey Him, who will love 
the people and who will follow Christ. People who will lay down their lives so that Jesus can live through them. And my question today is, if you've received Christ, have you been crucified with Him and made Him your Lord and Savior and allowed Him to live through you? Let's pray. Father God, we thank You this morning for this challenging book, this book that is so amazing. Your words, thank You for the challenge it gives all of us in here that if we're not following You, if we haven't made that decision, Lord, today's the day of salvation. And that You're ready to offer Your grace and Your mercy to anyone who will ask. And then Father, to those of us who have made that decision to follow You, and surrendered our lives to You. That the mission is just getting started. Go make disciples. Baptize them. And then teach them everything that Jesus taught His disciples. Thank You, Lord, for the opportunity to get involved in the work. To be a part of Your kingdom building here on earth. We get to go out and tell the good news to other people. So Father, help us to live with a sense of urgency that You could come back at any minute and then the work will be over. What we've done for You will be over here. Father, we give You the rest of our lives, the rest of our time. Help us to be found faithfully working with You and for You when You return or we go home to You. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Restored for Life is a radio ministry brought to you by Restored Community Church. Visit RestoredCommunityChurch.org to learn more about Pastor Ben Harris and for service times. Join Pastor Ben next time as we set out on a journey to discover the authentic life as Christ followers through obedience to His Word.